Hello, Eloise. Hello, Terry Ann. How are you today? I am good. And yourself? I'm just right. <laughs> just right on this very snowy. Um, it's mild. I just went for a little, a little walk, and it's it's quite. I, I think I look like a polar bear out there with all my, <laughs> all my equipment <laughs> that I need to help me walk, walk. around. Yeah, but it was uh, very nice to do yeah. that. I'm a little. I'm a little snowy and wet, but um, good. All is good. Excellent. All yeah, right, so we're going to continue yeah, with three. the handless. Part me? three of the handless maiden. Part three of the handless maiden. So we left off where she's given up her hands, and the next thing she does is decides she's going to leave. She's going to leave home. So why does she decide to leave home? Well, we all need to individuate. Oh. So mm -hmm. each and every one of us goes through some sort of, well, wounding that we have in childhood, right? That one of my teachers, Esther Veltheim, yes. says yes. It's, a, it's a miracle we survived childhood, right? <laughs> Uh, now, again, this is not uh, putting blame no. on the parent, but it is seeing that the wounds are carried down generation from ge to generation. So when a parent and their parents and their parents didn't take responsibility, it's almost like that. Well, it's like the sins of the father being carried down to the child. So the child could remain at home and never take responsibility for their own lives, which would be catastrophic. Mm. So well, never, she's eventually the parents would pass away and then what they would do. They would. Yeah. But you can also see that we often do that. We can even leave and go to another home and carry the parental uh, wounding within ourselves. So whatever the parents didn't do, uh, for themselves, we may repeat that pattern. So we often say things like, oh, my God, I'm just like my mother. Oh, my God, I'm just like my father. <laughs> right? As time goes by, we start to see those, those, uh, yeah, those statements we start to see. We're just, just like them and we don't want to be like them. No, it's funny how so, we get so triggered by being like them. We do. Uh, well, because it's a signal, right? Those triggers, they're, of course, not fun, but they are indicators that something is going on within us, that something has not been um, brought to the light or even um, dealt with as an adult. The child within us is still dealing with the same problem, just like the parents and their parents. So each 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 time we take an action even if it's a tiny action i'm going to probably uh, really ruin this quote but uh, carl jung said if if you aren't succeeding um, you're not looking low enough right so so our goals <laughs> tend to be really high and we don't notice that every little step we make these tiny 
tiny increments, one tiny thing will take us to the next, the next thing and the next thing. And those things kind of multiply exponentially. But we often just look at ourselves and say, oh, I'm not making it to the goal, this big, huge goal, I pie in the sky idea. Mm instead of wait a minute it's every tiny increment i made my bed today i did this <laughs> the little thing well you, you yeah of course you know it it sounds um sounds trite but making your bed making your proper breakfast yeah creating a structure to your life is extremely supportive yeah Right. So, so even if our, you know, our parents uh, don't do the things that we expect them to do, uh, we already know there's a problem because we're expecting them to do it rather than ourselves. So our parents were in the exact same position. They were children. They were teenagers. They went out into their lives and it's, and they could have blamed their parents. Right. So if we continue abnegating responsibility for our experiences to someone else, all we're doing is carrying on the same, the same old, same yeah. old. Uh, at some point, there's a decision uh, wherein we look at things and it's exactly like the handless maiden. You know, she she's part of the choice where she decides I'm going to um, do this, cut, have my hands cut off. Um, rather than allow my father to be taken by the devil, she makes that choice. She could blame her parents, but she's the one who chooses in the end. And then she has to go off and live her own life without her hands, which, you know, the, the, the symbolism of having no hands is the lack of our capability to do things, right? Mm -hmm. So she needs to go forth and figure out how to live on her own how to um, live in this world despite the wound that we have. Or she could stay home and cry and blame her father, but she doesn't choose yeah, that. She doesn't wander around the woods and just cry all day. <laughs> no, she doesn't. No, she actually goes out and eventually she becomes hungry and falls upon this garden. And in the garden, there's, there's a tree with pears on it. And each pear is numbered. So she's a little, a little frightened. So she hides away till nighttime. And in the night, she comes out very slowly and walks over to the pears and bends down very gently and starts to nibble at one of the pears. Mm -hmm. And the groundskeeper sees one of the pears eaten, and he decides to wait at night to see who's eating the pears or what's eating the pears. And he sees this apparition. He thinks it's a ghost. And the king comes the next day and looks at all of the numbered pears and notices. Oh, I've got a CD a of numbered pears. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and um, he asks what's happened and the uh, groundskeeper says that an apparition came so the king decides to wait and here comes the handless maiden without her hands leaning over 
and gently nibbling at the at the pear. And the king is completely enamored by her and decides to talk to her and takes her back to his castle, his kingdom, and makes her his queen. And once he makes her his queen, he decides to make her a beautiful pair of silver hands. So she wears these silver hands. And eventually, she becomes pregnant and has a baby. And once she has the baby, after a while, she decides she's going to leave the kingdom. And well, one of the yeah. sorry, one of the reasons she decides she's going to leave the kingdom is the king has gone off to war, mm. and he sends her a beautiful letter, but the devil intercepts the letter and changes it to when he comes back. He knows she's been unfaithful, so he's going to kill her. Oh, that's a nice letter. A nice letter. And she has to leave. Oh. So the nursemaid goes with her. Now, I'm not going to continue the story there because it's, we'll just um, do that next time. Yeah. Or maybe later. But the... Um, the, the here's this again she's gone from her parents house she's got to eat right so she does eat and is is found out and is taken to a new home and given these silver hands that are quite futile she can't do anything with them she has everything she could ever want apart from hands apart from hands right apart from utility mm. right so again that 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 idea that she's unable to be responsible she's unable to change her own baby's diapers she's unable to feed her babies mm. right she needs help to do all of this so, so does, does she want to get married um, they, it's not really uh, yeah. said, but it, it's, yeah, it's one of the things that, you know, you know, we kind of go, well, what, what are we doing on our journey? I mean, it could have been, she's going to school and becoming an engineer. Yeah. It, it doesn't really matter what it was, whatever domain it was. Um, it would have to be something um, that, well, actually it wouldn't be going to school <laughs> because we would have already, um, she would have already made a decision to be useful. So, yeah. what, you know, what, how does this relate to our lives, right? Not that marriage is a bad thing, no, but right? It almost felt like she's just following circumstances in a way. In a way, just following the circumstances, right? Mm -hmm. Just um, going with this this new adventure she has no input yeah. really but she is making a choice whether you you know these are things that we um often don't look at that if you uh don't say anything you're still consenting yeah because in a way she could have run off if she didn't like the king she could have said yes yeah, so she could have said no i'm not gonna marry yeah, you but in the story she doesn't so it must be some no, kind of choice. choice into 
yeah, here's a new, here's a new adventure in a way. Right. So life brings, it's amazing what life can bring. Yes, right? I always think you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Exactly. I mean, how amazing is that? The <laughs> king, right. Which, which is so indicative of, of the masculine, right. The masculine protects, gives structure. So here she is given this structure, right. Given the support uh, protected where she can, um, you know, either use her feminine and, and become constructive, but the symbolism here is she's given those hands. So she has nothing to do really. Mm. Right? It doesn't mean that in marriage, you don't have something to do, but there's nothing for her to do. Yeah. But she doesn't have to do anything in this scenario because he's the king anything can be taken care of anything mm. but you can always make the choice yeah to be part of the you know part of the intuitive advisory right so, yeah. so things were going well until the letter was received it was intercepted by the devil of course because right? he has to come back so here she is right so now she's going to you know he's lied about her betraying him and now, so, so what is that? You know, we're always catalyzed by something. You know, life will catalyze us. You know, it's, it's, it sounds terrible that this is what is occurring. But at the same time, instead of living still with these silver hands, she, she's given a catalyst to continue her search for... Um, Autonomy. Yeah, because she's living this amazing life as such that just fell into her into a lap, basically. And then something has to come and shake it up again, otherwise she'd stagnate. Right. And and the the idea of him wanting to kill her is that stagnation, right? You're going you're gonna die anyway if you stay. Because you haven't you haven't acquired um, that autonomy, uh, individuating and figuring out, um, well, nothing to figure out, just that autonomy, right? So here's yeah. this catalyst. Because in a way, she left but, home to, in, to individuate, and then she got married, and does that's not her not individuating, but it almost feels like we don't know if she did yet. Well, we don't want to put that marriage is the the lack of individuality. No, not so much the it's marriage. That, it's that. It's okay. that. Yeah, it's that everything is given to her. So she's got help with the baby, yeah. right? And she's um, she's fed. She's she's supported in yeah. every way, right? So, so she doesn't have to figure out how to cook. She doesn't have to do anything. No. Uh, for her doesn't have to learn to use her feet as hands yes exactly because people do that yeah (laughs) well yes there's so many things that you can figure out with your wounds right and they and then they transmute into something transmutes into a gift yeah yeah right so so you can have so so one of the things that that I have is a, is a problem with my back and legs, but it doesn't change um, 
that I can continue finding ways to be autonomous in my life, figuring out how I'm going to live my life with this, with this problem that I have. And that, but that doesn't become the big obstacle. That's something that I deal with while I, you know, do everything else that fulfills me. Right. So it's the same thing for her. She has no hands. I don't really have legs. They, they don't work very well. They work a little bit, but not much. So um, you can live, you know, I could live where, you know, my partner takes care of me and da, da, da. But um, instead, I see what I can be responsible for and where I can ask for help. Mm. Right. So she's not doing that. Like the story doesn't show her doing that. It doesn't show her um, saying, well, I'm going to ask for help here and figure out what I need to do. Everything's sort of presented to her and available. Yeah. Right. It's almost like, you know, given too much. Um, you can think of kids who are given a lot, um, you know, helicopter parents and everything's done for them and they're protected and they're um, buffered from the world. And what happens is they can't deal with small um, infractions, right? The, they're, they're these infractions that, that catalyze buffered people, protected people that, you know, don't, don't, don't affect people who've been in the world and know that the world is, the universe is this constant flow of change. No one's the same. Uh, no one thinks the same. No one does the same thing. And um, no one speaks the same way, right? We've all got different ways of communicating. And if I'm buffered from the world and every time something occurs that that doesn't fulfill all this buffering, it's like having more filters than you need, right? At some point, um, the the catalyst needs to help us go into the world and explore it and and wait for it or be part of this constant unknown. But the buffer tells us, no, I know my world and this is the way it has to be. It's like an, an ideology. So she's, well, you know, she's, she's catalyzed into going out by, by something that, that comes into her life, which is extreme, you will be killed um, but it does relate to my life will be dead if I remain here. Yeah. I, yeah. I will never ex- explore the world. I'll never go out. I'll never figure it out. Right. You know, with, with, with myself and these legs, you know, I've got to figure out all the time um, what new things I can do and what things I cannot do. But, right. And, and then figure out ways around. Yeah. It. Just being practical. And, and I don't have to like call my my husband and just say, okay, you, you know, you need to do this for me and that for me. Um, I find ways to do it. It's the, right? and, you know, it's the difference between just being practical and getting on with things and actually being the martyr. Because you could just sit right. back all day in your bed going, oh, my legs are broken. Not that you. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that's a really good. That's a really good. That's a really good point because we, you know, once we go into martyr mode, that means we've resigned Yeah, ourselves. yeah. It's like, this is my life. And then we get loads of benefits from lying back and not having to do anything. So then 
there's no impetus sometimes to get better or well there is something that we gain but usually when we realize that what we're gaining is only a validation that we're not using our courage to go out in the world Mm. right so at some point we need to have the courage and something will catalyze us like, you know, some child who's your children have stayed at home. And then one day the parents turn around and say, okay, you're 32 years old. <laughs> You've been living here, eating. I still make your bed. You got to leave. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a great catalyst, right? You got to go yeah. now. You need to make your own way. Um, something, you know, many little things could happen that we consider, the, you know, the devil coming into our lives. What if the parents lose their money? Mm. Um, that could happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the parents could downsize. They could, there, there's so many different things that can occur in our lives. Um, but even our own, you know, the, in this case, the devil has come from the outside with this letter, but you know, the better, the more you can kind of look at, well, what is that catalyst in my life? Uh, right. So I'm a little bit angry with my parents. Uh, I don't, I, I argue with them. The, these are great catalysts that the devil, the devil is the, he's the bringer of light. So yeah. every time we have a conflict in our lives, that's oh, amazing. <laughs> Right, because it's starting to tell you that that something is going on within you. This is not external. Yeah. When when we start to externalize it and say that is the other doing it, rather than really seeing, no, no, this is catalyzing me. Yeah. You know, I have so many examples of of doing um, work, and uh, people will say, no, 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 I'm not triggered by this. The other person is triggered by me, and you know, oftentimes they'll say, but you're triggered by them being triggered. And that's when they get their aha moment. They realize, oh, yes, I am triggered by their reaction or overreaction, whatever you want to call it. Because you don't really know what the other person's doing. Mm. Yeah. Right? Just like this story. She doesn't know what her husband is doing. No. She has no clue. She has a letter. And the letter is telling her what he's going to do. Which is oftentimes what's in our minds. Yeah. Right? We, we think the worst. Yes. When, when not, not in all occasions, of course, make this clear that in certain moments in our lives, we will interpret what someone else says as horrible. I mean, if she truly knows her husband, um, she might know that he, he, he wouldn't do that. Maybe she would know that. I don't know. That was one of the questions. Well, why would she yeah. think he's going to do this? Why would yeah. she... Why would she begin to run away immediately instead of saying, writing a letter and saying, no, this, this isn't yeah. true. Or, um, would we, can, a, we can talk about it. It would be quite a big change in his personality from what we know of him. Yes. And it would be a change for her to finally step into the role of being a woman. Mm. Yeah. Actually confront right? him when he came back and, because yeah, where's her intuition and in yeah. all this? Yeah, that's true. There isn't any. So you can see that that maturity still needs to occur. Yeah. <laughs> that maturation, right? She's not mature enough, which is what we do all the time. I can't, you know, I'm sure you've had the same thing where, you know, husband and wife 
are having disagreements and the wife will give you, well, it doesn't matter who, but because it's usually women who do this work, that's just a generalization. Um, usually women bringing a slew of um, a list basically of, well, if I say this, then he will say that. And if I say that, he will say this, right? They've already got the future script written. Yeah. Right? This letter is so indicative of our scripts, isn't it? Yeah. How right? often do us this is the... for life? And, and in that, we don't even see the other because we're looking through these filters. Yeah, I think it's powerful. Mm. This letter yeah. and what the devil does. He's really sneaky. He's, <laughs> and, and it's very sneaky what we do when we're not looking clearly at our lives. So that's, again, we haven't taken responsibility. We're, we're very ignorant of how to take practical action, deal with situations, mm. right? So, so somebody, somebody can come and say, well, I'm either going to have to agree with my husband and submit, or I have to get divorced, Right. And I, I think I repeat this wow. over and over again, but I find it so interesting that there are no options. Yeah, in there's between. nothing else. There's no <laughs> scenario. Nothing else. And you can present options and they will, no. you know, immediately give you the script. Right. So it's always it's always this death, this flat line of of expectation. So Sorry. there's there's no adventure. Yeah, because it almost gets to a point there's no, where they've I'm, already I'm decided. Yeah, the decision is made, yeah. but the, yeah, or the script. I like the script. I've got this script going on. Yeah. And until the other person changes and meets my script the way I want it to be, then uh, nothing can happen, which is not what life is about. Yeah, we don't always get our way. And we also think of other people as our trained animals. <laughs> As, as much as people, well, yes, people train animals yeah. and they want to train people as well. Right? Animals comply. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I lost no, you No, there. I was just um, saying, you know, for a dog, it's like you will not come in the room. You will stay out there. <laughs> like you're true. Like we have expectations on people in the same, in a similar way. It is like training animals. It very mm. much is. Here's my script. I want you to fulfill that script. I know really what you're going to say, but change to meet my script. So, so you know, kind of that buffer, it's filled with all these scripts. Yeah. And, you know, once there's a catalyst, you're given the opportunity to notice your script is a mess. Yeah. It's just filled with your own expectations of the other, and you're not looking within. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing your role in the story. So this catalyst gets her to go off again so she can find what her role is. Mm -hmm. So we'll end there and uh, yeah. continue to the last bit <laughs> next time. Perfect. Okay. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. You too, love. Bye.